Hello. 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 Your voice cracked. It did crack. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you guys join us. Uh, we're, yes, welcome to At Home. You know, I just want to say we, we really enjoy when you guys give us feedback, whether it's on social media, our handle is at At Home, or when you text me, always text because that's the way you can get a direct line to me. And we love your feedback about who you'd like to see on the podcast or what topics you love us covering. Mm-hmm. So my number, by the way, is 310-496-8667. Text me now. I'll look for it. And speaking of topics, you know what we've been doing? We've taken a cookie jar at the house and we've been putting questions in there. Should we pull out a question now? Maybe I'm doing that as we speak. I really think we should have cookies and questions in the jar though. Okay, well, then I can have one of each. If you bake the cookies. Mm, oh gosh, is that a good thing? Okay, <laughs> Actually, if I bake cookies. the cookies, <laughs> then we'll put them in and All that's right. a bonus. Well, okay, here, let's, let's pick a question. Here is a question. Linda, I'll ask you. How do you ensure that you're moving forward with your goals and ambitions? Working together, it's easy to put your own ambitions aside for someone else's. So what are your goals and ambitions aside from Drew's? Wow. Uh, I didn't know that you were putting loaded potato questions in there. Oh yeah. I want to <laughs> dig in deep because I want to hear from the true heart of Linda. I was asking things like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. So what happens if I pull my own question out? I then have to- you, you have to answer it. Oh, okay. It is my personality to want to help other people achieve their dreams. And I, and I truly enjoy doing that. But I do realize that a lot of my ambitions are just put on the back burner, not because it's anyone's fault. I mean, it's, it's all up to me to. Yeah, but you're such a giving person. You always put everybody else before yourself. I think that's where you come in because you always remind me and always push me to make steps towards that goal, whether it's a regenerative farm slash boutique hotel or or just a craft project that I've been meaning to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I find that you are like my my check-in Your doer. person. Yeah, my my doer. Like you make me do things. <laughs> I find too, like Linda has a, there's a little like a button that I can press on her leg just above the knee right here. And oh. that <laughs> tickle spot there is my reminder to her oh. of, get moving and shaking with your goals and ambitions. No, I mean, we couldn't do a lot of what we do without you because you've been such an in- integral part of what we do. But uh, I, th- I think for me, I get real excitement out of hearing you talk about your passions and something that you want to create out of nothing. And, uh, and so that's, you know, maybe for me too, that's something that I want to work more towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that is very exciting when there are so many ways in which our our goals overlap and and that's fun like this podcast for example is a perfect example of of us doing what we both really enjoy and when we talk about growing it in certain ways it 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 does get it gives me the the good heebie-jeebies the good heebie-jeebies <laughs> it, it makes me giddy because i think the foundation of what we're doing means a lot to us mm-hmm. And hopefully to to you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, that's how we both feel. If if we're doing something we love, hopefully, you guys listening can really feel that because it's our passion and energy and positivity coming through this. I, I can remember though when I was younger, just you know, out of high school, I was starting to to work out. I, I was um, certifying to be a personal trainer, and I was trying to get in really good good shape. And 
I can remember um, my friends just in my circle. I started putting on some muscle and and like I, you just like slapped it on. You just slapped it on. <laughs> no, I was training really hard and I was eating well and I was working out and I was starting to see results. And I can remember some of my friends that they were actually they didn't realize they were doing it. They they were just um, subconsciously. Um, I think a little jealous that I started, I was talking about doing something and I was doing it. So they kept trying to get me to come to the bar, just drink beer and more junk food and whatever it is. They kept pushing it on me. And I was like, why Why are you guys always trying to push junk food and stuff on me? Because I'm, I'm on this health kick and I'm trying to motivate myself and I want you guys to support me too. And it's funny what we do subconsciously when we don't realize it. And when they stopped and checked in, they realized, that, oh, that's weird. You're right. I don't know why I was trying to change your mind about something or, you know, when somebody quit smoking and then all their friends that used to smoke would always, you know, push uh, cigarettes on them. Mm. So to me, it's, it's really mm. weird. The, what we do sometimes uh, unintentionally is very fascinating to me. Our guest this week, Rosanna Pensino, Ro, she is a prime example of exactly what we're talking about here because she had people that were trying to tell her what she should do, but it didn't feel right for her. And she finally stood up for herself and that shaped her entire career. And you'll you'll hear in this episode, she is such a great storyteller and she touched on so many points that we didn't really come circle back to because I didn't want to interrupt her. Um, but there was one that that stuck out and it's about her talking um, about uh, her college days where she took courses, you know, just for the fun of it because she knew that it made her happy. And mm-hmm. that was such a good reminder to just do things for yourself. You Even know? if it's something small to start, if you're very busy with your career or raising a family, if you still have these passions, something little is mm-hmm. great and it can grow into something big. Well, and even if it doesn't grow into anything big, that's fine. Yeah. Like we enjoy dancing and we do it because it makes us feel good. I know I'm never going to be, um, you know, a, Backup booty or... Uh, Speak for yourself. I am now a professional (laughs) dancer. Well, why don't we get a little inspiration in our lives from our chat with Rosanna Pensino. You will love her. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just Your saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not (laughs) mine. Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love bouncing off these walls Shining through the windows Reflecting like a rainbow That's where we belong Yeah, it feels like home It feels like home 
You don't look all haggard like you've been at home with nothing to do for a while. You look perfectly quaffed like you. <laughs> this is the <laughs> only hairstyle I can do. It's just blow it out straight, do a straightener on it, and you can see these roots are coming back. Look at these dark roots, and then it's like <laughs> fading into the blonde. I love it. Thank you say, for doing that. I was that. about to show my roots, by the way, because your hair is just like dark, regular hair to blonde. I have like, hold on, let's get really close in there. Like, look at that. That's some gray. You see I it? don't see any gray. I'm just seeing dark. So you're, oh, I think you're gray. doing good. Linda doesn't there's, have any gray yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm trying to give, give it to it her. Give it another but, week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it's, also uh, gave Mike a at-home haircut. Um... That was interesting. Is he willing and to lean in and show us? Mike, lean in here and, and Mike, show. Let's see it. I also bleached his hair. It's three different colors. It's kind of a yellow at the root, and then it goes to a really white, and then purple <laughs> at the end from huh? the toner. So oh, we've, wow. we've got a lot of. And he cut it a while ago, so it's kind of raggedy now. A lot of personality. Going to have to give him a second haircut and a second bleaching. Um, but the good news about him is that his hair grows so fast. So if his hair falls out, it, it will be, <laughs> it will be back in seconds. So that's like Drew. His hair grows. It's like a chia pet. Yeah. <laughs> hair and nails, like. But it's so that's the thing. Linda won't cut my hair because she wants me to grow it long. But I, I, it's getting too shaggy. I mean, the headphones are holding it down right now, but it's it's, it's getting it curls up here, and then I have. But the problem is, this starts to go back nicely, but this side over here, it grows down and forward. And so if I try and put that back, it just sticks straight out to the side. So it doesn't work the same way. You guys have it lucky with your long hair. All I got, yeah. just, my one move is straighten it. That, that's all I got. Uh, I have been working with an awesome makeup artist, hairstylist for years now, and I miss her so much. So if my hair and makeup look a mess, it is 100% <laughs> my fault. It is not her artistry. This is not her. Um, and I've just been kind of owning it. I've been just kind of keeping it more natural and um, and I don't have a lot yeah. of hair moves, so. Yeah, own it. And by the yeah. way, I see a little blueberry, blueberry butt, oh, a blueberry yes. muffin butt. Here's Blueberry, <laughs> she'll come say hi. Um, she's, and you match her. Yes, yeah, she's, uh, I only have pink bows for her. I'm ordering some new colors. It's the only one she fits, but Cute. she's, um, her and I have been spending a lot of time bonding. We did, we've been mm -hmm. doing a lot of training, which has kind of been nice because <laughs> I finally have the time. I've been teaching her how to skateboard. Oh my gosh. How's that going? <laughs> I can't wait to show you guys. She oh actually now will get up on the skateboard. Uh, oh my you know, bulldogs, they just have a great center of gravity and balance and she's really taken a liking to it. And <laughs> finally also 100% potty trained. Oh yeah. That's tough. I mean, that's one of the toughest things for a new, how old is Blueberry Muffin now? She's a year old and other okay. dog breeds pick up on the potty training quicker, but French bulldogs and bulldogs in general are known for being a little bit more stubborn. They just take mm. extra patience, a little bit more time. It's part of their personality trait is stubbornness. Mm. But with repetitive training and patience, we finally get there. They're usually potty trained at a year, but it's a lot of... <laughs> I gotta get all new carpets in this house. Oh my uh, gosh. It's... 
And you know what? I'm holding off because I have exciting news. Um, we've been talking about getting another dog. I don't know when that's going to happen or how with the new world the way it is. I just don't even know how that process works. But we've been talking about it because why yeah. not? I'm Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I had a question about that too because obviously... Um, and do you call her BB for short or like BM for short or something? Blueberry <laughs> Muffin? Is there like a cool short name? Well, she has a lot of nicknames and they're all around bowel movements and like body Ooh, movements. Let's hear them. So Pee-pee. Blueberry Muffin, we have Spewberry Muffin, <laughs> uh, Peaberry Muffin, Pooberry Muffin. Mm-hmm. Blue. All muffins I wouldn't want to try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but well, Mike so, just calls her blueberry or blue. Well, blue, um, obviously, uh, blue sidekick was Cookie, uh, your other French bulldog um, who had passed away. How did you find uh, Blue's dynamic, cha- her, her emotional change was after Cookie had passed away? Do you think she really misses having a sidekick? Definitely. I didn't know how dogs responded because Cookie was my first dog and Blueberry is my second dog. So I don't even know if she understood what happened. I just know that she did recognize that Cookie wasn't around anymore. And every time I say her name, sometimes she'll still perk up and look around um, as if she's looking for her. And that made me really sad. They were inseparable Um, since Blueberry came home. And Cookie really took to her kind of in a nurturing way, almost like in a a mothering way. And they cuddled every night together and they took puppy naps Mm. together and they played with each other nonstop. And dogs are such pack animals, you know? And now Blueberry's pack is smaller and I, I don't think she likes it. Yeah. She loves Mike and I, but she really loves, she loves the company Cookie. of another dog. And so more so than Cookie. Cookie was like a little people. Uh, Cookie likes her company and, and loved her company, but I don't think she would have cared one way or the other because she really thought she was a people. So yeah. <laughs> if it was yeah. just me and her, she would be very happy and content. But Blueberry's a little different. She's... I, I think she needs a dog companion um, as yeah. well as us. It's just she's just a little I bit know. more dog-like. Yeah, she's more social. She wants her gossip circle. She needs some <laughs> other pups around. Uh, she you really know. does. She needs a pup <laughs> squad. So we're Aww. we're looking into that and how that all works right now because right. things are so different. We've just been taking yeah. time to adjust and figure things out and how do we keep doing what we're doing? Our team is working remotely. So we've that took a while to figure out how to get everybody to work from home and have it have it work okay. And luckily, um, for the most part, what we do is all just filmed at the house in my kitchen, right mm-hmm. behind me. So we're hanging out in the living room, and then here's where it's we have all of our baking videos. And so a lot of that hasn't changed. Luckily, we didn't have a you know, like a travel YouTube channel or something where we'd have to completely shift gears. This has been um, same old, same old, but things are just a lot more difficult. Does Mike do your editing as well or do you have other editors that work on the content or do you edit it? I originally used to edit everything and we learned really quickly that I was the bottleneck. Uh, (laughs) I... (laughs) I didn't go to school for editing and I had no training and 
I could do it. It would. It just took a really long time. So the very first person that I hired, when I finally was making enough income to even think about that, was oh my gosh, a ring just jumped off my finger. Um, oh, I thought but, I heard something. Sorry, <laughs> was an editor, and so our editor is wonderful, and she's working from home, and we film, and then we just send everything over, you know, via Dropbox, and it syncs everything. That just takes a lot of time as well. It's just more steps. Um, and the bandwidth here is not great because everyone's at home now, so everyone's on the internet versus when the world was not on pause and everyone was out and about. Do you have to get that ring, by the way, before Blue gets it? Before Blue oh, gets no, it. Oh, no, she's passed out. She's over here. Um, <laughs> she's gonna be. She's taking a hardcore puppy nap. Puppy uh, we, nap. we play ball every day. Mike's really nice. protective. He won't even let me go on a walk around the neighborhood because he's just so concerned with health and and staying safe and just taking, you know, stay at home really serious. So mm -hmm. we're also very lucky and I feel fortunate that we have a big backyard. So I'll, mm -hmm. I go outside every day and I do gardening or I, I, um, jump on the big trampoline. I play ball with this one. So that's mm. our exercise. She <laughs> loves playing I, I can tell you, ball. we miss your backyard. We miss playing in the backyard because you have great uh, your summer pool parties and, ha and and hanging out where you have all your friends yeah. over. So uh, hopefully we're going to have one of those once everything goes back to normal. Mm -hmm. I would love that. And we also need to do a board game night. I was so sad. We were just talking about planning a board game night. Oh my gosh. I, the last time I got to hang out with you guys was that wonderful Halloween charity event. Yeah. I yeah, can't thank Victoria's you enough. Foundation. Mike came as Danny. I came dressed as Sandy from Greece. And that was the first night I'd ever sang karaoke. I had never done really? that before. Well, well, hold on a second here. You are like a professional singer. You've released yeah, an album, if I not songs. Um, I heard you sing operatic, which was amazing. So how is it you have never in your life done karaoke? I don't know, but I just <laughs> haven't. And I have never experienced karaoke until I was hanging out with you guys. That was so, it was a magical well, night. That was so we'll wonderful. I had the time of my life. And I remember afterwards we were like, let's do board game night. And then unfortunately in December, my dad's health took a turn for the worse. And I just wanted to be there with him as much as possible and spend as much time with him as I could. And unfortunately his health didn't get better and he passed and we were dealing with, you know, um, his passing and grieving into January. And then the coronavirus just spread globally and this huge pandemic happened and I, I, I think I'm still in shock by it a little bit. I, I never thought that in my lifetime I would live through something this vast that has affected the entire world. It really um, still feels a little surreal, honestly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think definitely the pandemic compacted with the passing of your dear dad, that surely makes it extra difficult, especially, you know, in a period of grieving, you want to be able to be with family and especially now you, we just can't do that. Yeah, it's, re it's really been difficult. Um, 
Something I didn't understand is I've lost an aunt and a grandparent before, but losing my dad, it just hit different because we were so close. And I know that I've talked to you guys about it, but my parents lived with me half of the year, six months with me and then six months in Seattle. I wanted them to live here full time. My dad's doctors were here, the specialists. Um, and we were just so close. Even growing up, we were just such a close family. My dad was one of my best friends in the entire world. And it just hit hard. I was in shock at first and I really didn't understand grieving on that level. And I honestly thought, you know, I'll just take a week off. I'll feel my emotions, I'll feel everything, I'll cry a lot and I'll be able to move on. I'll still miss him, I'll still be sad at times, but I'll be able to move on. And that, that is just not the case. You cannot plan healing. You can't plan grieving. It just doesn't work that way. And that is something that I'm, I learned. And actually staying at home has been really nice in the sense that it's forced me to slow down and pause and really deal with all of my feelings. And that's been really therapeutic. And I can honestly say, I don't think if this hadn't happened that I would ever do this. I think I would just keep kind of burying my feelings and emotions mm -hmm. until they just kind of snuck out at some point. Yeah. I remember so, meeting your dad and he was such a, an amazing energy. He was such a fun energy. He literally just felt like one of your besties uh, when, when I met him at your house. And to see that like, he's always been your biggest um, you know, cheerleader. He's been in your corner. He's always like your biggest fan as well. So, I mean, with your support net that you have, um, how have you found over the years as you've continued to grow your career, um, how has that been an important part of your growth, the, the surrounding circle of support? I had to tell you, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my mom and dad love you guys. They are just huge fans of Property Brothers and your guys' relationship. And one of the really sweet things that, I don't even know if you remember this, but um, my girlfriend, you know, Lindsay Sterling, and you were on Dancing with the Stars, and mm -hmm. Lindsay was so sweet. She um, invited uh, Mike and I and my mom and dad to come see a live taping because they really, really wanted to go. They had never done something like that. And my mom and dad were over the moon. You took the time to just um, say hi to them and take a picture with them. And <laughs> they didn't get to hang out with you because you were so busy. Uh, they got to do that at the house later, but they were glowing. I think that was one of my dad's favorite highlights being here in Los Angeles. He's not really into all the Hollywood stuff. I've asked him to come to red carpet premieres with me and he just straight up tells me no. He goes, no, that's not <laughs> But if there's a Property Brothers scene. premiere. He yeah. would be there. He would have <laughs> yeah. been there. They were just huge fans and that was one of the, the happiest uh, mm. memories I have of being able to bring him to something like that. Um, well, what, what was what was growing up like for for you? So, is it, you, your sister Molly? Is it just the two of you, or are there other siblings? Yeah, it's just the two of us, and then mom and dad. And funny, 
Growing up, Molly and I looked even more similar than we do now. <laughs> now we look like sisters. You can tell we're related. But when we were younger, middle school and high school, everyone thought we were twins. Are you guys hmm. two, two years apart or one We're year? three years apart. Okay. And sometimes when we would go out with my mom, people at restaurants and stuff would be like, I'm seeing double. And we're like, no, no, you're actually not, but thank, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys um, ever pretend you were twins? We, we never pretended we were twins, but it actually caused a little bit of drama in high school. Uh, we went to high school at the same time for one year. She was a freshman, I was a senior, and we had like matching high school hoodies. We're both petite, we're both brunette. And one time I answered the door, it was her boyfriend, but he just wasn't paying attention. And he just leaned down and kissed me on the forehead and was like, hey babe, what movie are we going to? And Molly's at the top of the stairs and I'm just looking at him like, oh. Oh my God. Sure, sure, he didn't know. I'm a twin, I'm a twin. I've seen all the tricks before. And he freaked out. He goes, oh my gosh, there's two of you. And we, we, we laugh about it now, but uh, the guys definitely got us confused. Um, we went bowling one time and her boyfriend almost accidentally kind of like, you know, we like, we pat each pat other, each on, other the on the tush to yeah. be like, good job, babe. <laughs> we had some close calls of confusion because we also dressed then, alike. So it's maybe partly our fault. I, I, you know, I've, Jonathan I've and I, that. yeah, we don't dress alike, but she still has done that. No, it's because we were. <laughs> it was. It was dark. It was at a. It was in a haunted house. Mm -hmm, sure. And actually, I, I would just grab onto any any warm body. You've done it like three or four times. Yeah, and probably all in haunted houses. <laughs> we were at Disneyland, and we're walking at Disneyland, and Linda's just like in awe, looking around because she's like it's such a whimsical place, and she walks along, and I'm walking just behind, behind. her because she was like wandering a little bit like and this, and then from the corner. Of my eye. No, no, I I, see I'll Drew. tell this story. I'll tell this story. <laughs> I look ahead and I see Linda in all of her beauty looking around, and then I see her walk up next to my brother and take his hand and walk with his hand. And I, then I look up at Jonathan's face, and Jonathan just looks over, looks at her, and just does like a, mm, all right. And then I look over and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh man, but so funny. We we played twin jokes all the time when we were younger. Or sometimes if Jonathan was mad at me, he would go in like if he Act knew like there was yeah if, if he knew there was somebody I, I was interested in, he would go and like try and like flirt with them a little bit and then like run away. Or it, by flirting, I mean make a fool of himself so that they would think <laughs> I'm an idiot and then he would run away. So oh, siblings, the things we do. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. <laughs> work together now, right? Mm -hmm. you... My sister's been working with me for years now, and 
I love it. I just love, um, and I'm finding that I really relate to others who like work with their spouses, their significant others, and work with family members because everything that we go through, I feel like they understand and they get and they're going through. And it's just really special. Like kind of going back to saying, you know, our family's always been really close. And when I moved to California, to work in entertainment, I was so happy. I was so fulfilled, but I miss my family severely. They were back in Seattle and my sister and I, I can't explain it other than it felt like a limb was missing. Mm-hmm. Like a, those phantom feelings that I've heard people talk about that you, you just feel like a part of your body is missing. I can relate, yeah. I just kept telling her that I missed her so much and she felt the same. And when things started to take off on YouTube, she's really good with finances, numbers and analytics. She's really that structured brain. She makes Excel sheets for everything. She has a degree in finance. She was getting her master's. Uh, She was working in finance for a big aerospace company in Seattle at Boeing. And I would just send her all these questions like, I don't know how to do the taxes. Is this Mm -hmm. a write-off? What do I do with this? And so she was flying in every month to LA to help me with my finances and help (laughs) me keep everything organized. And as it just kept growing and growing, she said, you need someone full-time. This is insane. This This is growing to a point someone needs to help you. And I said, well, <laughs> I yeah, someone. Come on, sis. Yes, someone, someone should help me, sister. <laughs> you should, you should uh, come hither. She goes, I don't know. I love you, but, and, and I, we lived together for so long. We live really well together. But she was like, I don't know if I can work for you. And I go, well, what if you don't feel like you're working for me? What if you were like an operations manager? You do your own thing. You know, Mike manages me on the daily. So that's not really your job. You just, you do the business stuff. She goes like, well, I'll think about it. And actually, it was uh, Whoopi Goldberg pulled my sister aside. Molly flew in and... She said she would help me with this live event. I had never done a live event. I had never been on television. I was terrified. And she flew in with me to help me through it. And Whoopi pulled her aside and said, you guys work so well together. You should do this. And it was so thoughtful and so sweet of her. She brought the both of us into her dressing room privately and sat us down and said, you have great energy and chemistry wow. together. And I've in you guys as siblings, it just works. Whatever is going on here. And so I have to uh, thank Whoopi because of her, my sister mm. was like, well, you know, Whoopi said we should work together. Yeah. So obviously. It, what Whoopi, Whoopi says, says so. you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what, actually, I, I love that you said that too because we, we know Whoopi and, and she, she says how it is and she just says what she sees. And she's, she's always right. There's something about her. She's always right. And well, I love that. That's really, as you said, very thoughtful of, of her to take the time to pull you, pull you guys aside and privately, you know, maybe tell you what you guys maybe already knew, but weren't sure it's a about. Nice reminder. And, and sometimes I think we need that in our lives for someone else to shine a spotlight on, on your, on your highlights that you don't realize yourself because you're too busy or, or humble or unsure or whatever. So well, you're in the thick nice. of it. You can't see the yeah. forest for the trees because you're right there and maybe it's somebody else to give you a reminder. So question though, you said that that 
uh, event that you did was the first time you were on TV. But live, I thought live TV. Oh, right? live TV. Because I, mm -hmm. I thought you were an actor before you got into um, everything else that you do for YouTube. Yeah, the first time I had done live television as kind of like a, a, a press tour. I had never mm. done live television, which is a whole different beast, a whole different animal. And yeah, before YouTube, I was working in more traditional entertainment. I took any oddball job that I could find. Because growing up, no one in my family worked in entertainment. Growing up in Seattle, everyone in my family worked in the sciences or medicine or were teachers. And my parents told me from a very young age, you are going to college. You're gonna go to college, you're gonna get a degree. So that was ingrained in my sister and I growing up and I really, respected my parents so much. I didn't necessarily want to go to college, but I respected them so much because we didn't grow up with a lot of money and I just watched my dad and my mom work so hard and sacrifice so much for us to be able to have a shot at having a better life and having more opportunities than they had. That if their only wish was for my sister and I to go to college, we're gonna go to college, you know? Yeah. I can do that. I can put other, you know, dreams or things that I have on pause for four years. I did Amazing. a minor in business and then the degree was in communication. And, you know, it, it wasn't my vocational calling, so to speak. Um, growing up, we were allowed to do functional hobbies. And when I say functional hobbies, I mean when you're broke, when you're poor, these were hobbies that you could be creative, you could have fun, but they also provided for the family. So they were gardening, you know, growing our own food, or sewing, or baking, or cooking. And that's where I gravitated towards cooking and baking, and Molly gravitated towards, Molly, my sister, she gravitated towards sewing. She's actually really good on the sewing machine uh, to toot her own horn. And my mom <laughs> and her actually uh, hand sewed my prom dress. Oh, wow. Because uh, we amazing. couldn't afford to get a prom dress. So that my prom so dress, special. if you ever see the photo, which I hope you never do, uh, is not <laughs> following the trends of the early 2000s. It was just, I sketched it, my mom made it with my sister and it's really special. I mean, you have so many memories to- You realize we're taking that photo and we're going to be posting that as a yeah, part of the promotion for this episode. Us. That's yeah. so cool. That, that's because it has more meaning though. That's what I love about it. There's instead of just a generic dress, this now has meaning and it's a reason to hold on to it. Do you still have it? I don't. I think I lost it in the move. When I moved to Los Angeles, it was just in a car. So it was what I could fit in my car. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I brought my prom dress, so I don't know <laughs> what happened to it. it, it you're, you did the smart thing, though, which I really like. And our parents were the same. They just wanted us to make sure that we were giving ourselves opportunities. Yeah, and so I, when you, I thought it was smart. Yeah. We, when you were uh, young and you started realizing that you had a knack for entertaining um, and you're thinking about singing or dancing, I don't even know if you have a dance background or acting or whatever, what was that journey like? Was that something you and Molly did together or was that something that you were you felt you were good at when at a young age? I feel like I've always loved performing. We didn't have a lot of toys growing up, so I would act out scenes 
with my sister, like in our backyard, and we would make something out of nothing. And we just had these huge imaginations. That was always there. And my junior year, I needed to take an art credit. I ended up taking a theater class and I fell in love. It just hit mm. me different. And it scared me because it felt like home. It felt mm. like these are my people. Mm. The theater kids who were kind of quirky and creative and artsy and weird, you know, all these little names that people called me in high school, I found my people. And that felt so comforting, but also made me a little nervous because my dad always told me, you know, a career in entertainment is not realistic. So I better just enjoy my time with it. So I joined drama club. I auditioned for the school musical, which was Grease. Oh and my gosh. Oh really? We did it too. I love it. It's such a great play. So much, it's a high energy play. It was so much fun. And I ended up um, getting cast as the lead role of Sandy. And mm. It, I had so much fun. I had the time of my life. I just lit up. It was the first time that I felt like I came alive. I was just getting started. Like I just dipped my toe in the right pond. Like this is it. And after the musical was done, so many teachers and parents said, Ro, what are you gonna do with this? What are you, are you gonna start? acting classes? Are you going to start theater? Like, what are you going to do with this? You're actually good at this. I had never heard that in sports, by the way. No one ever uh, at any time, especially in gymnastics, where, I, you know, I'm short, I'm 4'10". And so I thought at some point someone would tell me, oh, you're a great gymnast. Like, you should pursue this. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never got that. Never feedback. got a call for the Olympic team. Okay. No, it was the first time that I received a lot of positive feedback about it, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to do anything with this because this isn't a real job. This isn't practical. I don't know how to do this. No, no one in my family knows what this is." So I just ignored it. I suppressed it. I went to college. I got my degree in college once again for an art credit. I took some acting. Uh, nice. I did intro to acting. I then, I took a few extra credits that I paid for myself because <laughs> I worked three jobs in college. And then when I graduated, I tried to find a job. And unfortunately, it was right when the economy crashed, the huge housing, I couldn't get yeah. a job anywhere. And I grew up in Seattle. The first time in history, Microsoft did like a four or five month hiring freeze. And I just felt so frustrated because I had just worked my buns off in college, working multiple jobs to graduate with no student loans. I had um, a scholarship for an academic scholarship. I had just worked so hard. And then I wasn't able to even apply for a job where my degree was, was valid, w mm. that even mattered. My mom gifted me an acting class to raise my spirits for Christmas, and mm. I took it, and I did this web series. An agent in California saw it, this dinky little rink-a-dink thing, said, if you move here, I'll take you as a client. Mm. So, packed my stuff up, moved to California, had like six roommates, you know, in a two-bedroom, I was sleeping on a couch. I just took any oddball job I could find. I was a hand double on the show Ghost Whisper. Uh, no. for, um, that was your hand I saw. Oh. <laughs> yes. I really just took any job I could find. 
And then at an event, I met Mike. And Mike had no idea who I was. We ended up randomly sitting next to each other at this event. And he said, well, I'm gonna get your contact information because I'm making a lot of uh, YouTube videos. And uh, for the skits, we'll need, you know, girls and you have a cool energy. I'll have my people call your people. And was that his line? Like, yeah, be honest, was that, was that basically him using a line? Oh, I'll have my people call your people. Yeah, and Mike was really, honestly, when we met, it was all business. There was no romance at all. He just said when he saw yeah. me, he thought we would work well together. I just want to say, Drew and Linda, for the record, there are some haters out there that were saying to me, well, Ro, you started YouTube because you failed as an actress. And just... <laughs> For the record, let's let's just sip a little tea. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's just clear this up a little. You know. Um, <laughs> no, I was in the union, Screen Actors Guild. I was a full-time working actress. I was not a Meryl Streep, but acting mm -hmm. is what paid all of my bills. I wasn't part-time waitressing. When you shifted then into the YouTube side of things, originally was your content still cooking and baking or was it originally something different? Yeah, it was cooking and baking just because I had been baking and cooking as one of my main hobbies throughout my life. And I thought it would just be fun to, um, when I started my YouTube channel, just kind of different videos and vlogs of what I was doing. My very first video on my YouTube channel is with my sister. We're in Seattle and I'm volunteering for Earth Day. We're doing like a river cleanup. Um, she was so annoyed with me. She didn't know what YouTube was. She didn't know why I was trying to film and kind of vlog. She was like, you're so weird. I'm so over this. <laughs> um, and now she, we just laugh about it because she loves what we do. And she was like, I'm so happy with what we do. I, I don't want to be doing anything else. The baking started shortly after. We were hosting a party at the house. You know, I love to get people together. I love mm -hmm. to have people at the home. Um, we were hosting a pre-E3 party. E3 is the electronics convention that's here in LA uh, for all the gamer nerds out there. Uh, and we had a bunch of people over at the house and I was gonna barbecue and make treats. And I thought, I'm gonna make this Mario star cake and these cute little cupcakes, might as well film it. So that ended up being the very first episode uh -huh. of Nerdy Nummies. And when I uploaded that, the community said, we love this, please make more of these. And so that's kind of how this geeky baking show developed. I was like, okay, you love it. What do you wanna see next week? And so every week I would um, ask everyone what they wanted to see and it kind of evolved from there and it was so much fun. And at some point I was working on traditional sets and doing YouTube mm -hmm. at the same time. Mike was managing me at this point and I thought it was just going so well. This beautiful community was forming on YouTube and my agents called me into a meeting in person. They wanted to talk. Dun, dun, dun. I was terrified. And they sat me down and they said, we don't understand what you're doing on YouTube. Here's your options. You either quit doing YouTube or we're gonna drop you. Hmm. And this oh, wow. was about eight years ago. And this is when new media and digital content was first really gaining popularity and emerging. And I think old school traditional um, studios and distribution were really afraid of this new media thing. And I sat my agents down, I just begged with them, I pleaded with them, I said, hear me out. I think this is the future. And my agents didn't agree, they didn't have that foresight. And I gave the example that 
the two Sony commercials that I booked that year were because the casting director's children were huge fans of my YouTube channel. And I said, look how powerful this is. They felt differently. I got a letter in the mail two weeks later just dumping me cold. Just, oh, geez. And it was tough because when I moved to California, I didn't know one soul. I didn't know anyone. It, that was really difficult. Um, and that's when I decided to do YouTube full-time because they kind of made that decision for me. Mm -hmm. And at this point, you had already been working with Mike, right? Mm -hmm. I just yeah. started mm -hmm. to work with Mike. He was hesitant as well because at this point, his YouTube channel that he created, a gaming YouTube channel, was top 100 on YouTube. He was managing other gamers and... He helped build the second largest gaming network online, which was a part of the MCN that sold to Disney for almost half a billion dollars. He was doing this in his young 20s. Um, everything he touched turned to gold. And he told me that, I'll help you, but I manage gamers and you're like a women's lifestyle brand. I don't really know what to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have experience here. I don't know what I'm doing. But I think over time he saw what was going on with my representation and he said, you know what, I can do this better. Mm. That just meant so much to me. So he became my manager. I'm not glad that I got dumped, but at the same time, I'm so happy where I am now. I couldn't imagine my life any other way. Like it felt like it was meant to be. Um, when I got the call from WME, one of the largest talent agencies in the world, and they said, we want a meeting, we want to meet you, we love you. I almost fainted. Mm -hmm. I was, do you have the right number? Do you know that this is just, <laughs> I'm just a little baking YouTuber. Do you even know that? And they said, there's a lot more going on here than that, honey. Come on in. And they've That's been amazing. with me for so many years. And it just feels so good because now I have this support system and I just have met so many good people over the years mm. working in entertainment. You definitely obviously have a lot of guts to have stood up for what you believed in at the time in a landscape that was, you know, so new. Um, you know, had you listened to them and said, okay, I'll quit YouTube and just do what you tell me to do, we wouldn't be sitting here right now watching all of your amazing videos and you wouldn't have this amazing community. So I think all of the highlights that you've shared required incredible foresight and confidence in, mm -hmm. in yourself. And I think that's really something to look up to. And let me just say, we wouldn't have your baking products in our kitchen and we wouldn't mimic uh, the things that you bake and post uh, because we do as well. So uh, yeah, uh, I, I love how you've taken that passion just even as a young, at a young age when it was a functional hobby <laughs> that you would do um, cooking and baking. And now you have an entire empire that you've built on that. So for, for you, what do you, or is it diff different excitement that you get out of different areas of your business? Because you have your, your product line, you have YouTube still, you've, you've done cooking show, you've done two cookbooks. So what, what, do you, what do you find for you is the most enjoyable part of it? I love all of it. I think what I've learned about myself over the years is I really just love creating things, whether it's high quality short form content on YouTube or it's something in the literary world and literary form or it's a physical uh, usable device. 
I just like making things, and I think that just comes from being creative. I can't tell you guys right now, but as soon as I can, as soon as I can share with you, I'm gonna text you right away and, and share, but we have a couple big projects in the work that are more in the traditional space that I don't feel like I've missed out on anything. I feel like I was completely on the right path and enjoying everything along the way. And my dad, uh, God, he was smart. Um, he told me that a career in entertainment is not gonna ever happen overnight for me, that I'm gonna have to work my buns off, that I probably won't get my first opportunity for 15 years, so you just have to keep working hard and keep grinding. No one's gonna hand you anything. And he was just so right. And he always told me, don't be eager, don't be impatient, enjoy the process. And he couldn't have been more right. I think your dad's still there with you. He's, he's still your biggest fan, uh, cheering you along this whole way. And well, thank you so much for joining us. I think this has been a lot of fun mm -hmm. getting to really dig into your, your upbringing and, and what drove you towards your current passion. And again, I have put a few calories in my belly uh, based on happily. all of your knowledge, happily. <laughs> I know you guys need to come bake sometime when the we world will. is like off pause. We should hang out and bake. That would be so much fun. Thanks for having hey guys, me, you guys. You. I miss you. Miss you. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm.